0: inform, advocate, and involve seniors in discussing important social issues. In short, these podcasts will help us. You, in creating an age-friendly city for Vancouver today. Tomorrow the world. You can hear us everywhere podcasts are heard. Hello, and welcome to Powered by Age. This is Thursday, February 4th, and today, I'm Charlotte Farrell, your host and coordinator. And we are going to be talking about what's in a name. And speaking of names, I'm going to ask four of our famous name people here to briefly introduce yourselves. Uh, My screen, it's starting. Neil is at the top. So Neil, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, my name is Neil Ryan. I live in Burnaby, British Columbia. Um, since retiring, I have become a poet and an author, and uh, my my book is called From the Other Side. And I will very shortly have a new web page up that talks about it. It's on Amazon and. And life is interesting. And I have a birthday this month sometime. Happy uh, birthday! Nice. I'll I'll, I'll I'll let you know exactly the day. <laughs> it's not the third. It's not the third. It's not the. Anyway, uh, it's the 23rd, by the way. Oh,
0: that's right. That's what's confusing, because I thought we missed it. It's still three, but no, it's the 23rd. Okay. Uh, Gail?
2: Yeah, I'm Gail Harwood, and um, <clears throat> I'm uh, sort of uh, moving to the beach. Uh, I'm also a writer, but uh, have taken uh, uh, a little rest from that because I have health issues to attend to, however... Um. yeah, it's exciting to move into a new place and uh, it's nice to be back here. I had the energy to uh, log on.
3: Uh, Leslie. Yes, I'm Leslie Hebert. I live in New Westminster, actually just down the road from Neil. That's where we're close to the Burnaby border. Um, I'm also a writer. I write Travel stories, flash fiction, poetry, and currently working on a travel memoir of a trip to Japan I took a few years back.
0: Okay, well, a couple of things I wanted to talk about today, and it's in, what's in a name? I have been approached by different people who are doing work on people of a certain age, and then they've received pushback because from the government, did uh, there's an intergenerational community organization group that have been doing these studies. And they've said people don't want to be called seniors. They don't want to be called golden age. They don't want to be called older. But at the same time, because funds are segmented or identified for particular groups, they need to say something. So I'm asking you guys, does it make any difference what people call you? Senior, sage, aged? What are your
1: thoughts about any of those terms? Just don't call me late for dinner. That's all. (laughs) A little
2: bit. Call me Gail. (laughs) And as as, as for um, uh, an age designation, I really don't care. I try to talk to everybody. And if uh, I'm a little old-fashioned sometimes in uh, my speech or my sayings, that's because I've been around a little longer. And, uh, yeah, so there you go.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of sort of euphemisms kicking around, right? Everybody's sort of uh, worried about what we should call certain segments, certain groups. And, you know, you've got disabled people who are now differently abled. I mean, it means the same thing, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, we all know what it means. It's just that they're treading on eggshells for some reason. I think it's the same thing with labels for older people, you know. Um, Just saying old people sounds a little rude, a little too direct. Um, I like elder because it has that sense of respect. But then I think that is more of the purview of the First Nations to speak about their elders as well. So uh,
0: I don't care. Seniors is fine with me. Yeah, I had someone send me in an email this week that, you know, in working on something that they were kind of put back, put aback by saying senior because they don't think of themselves as a senior. And they thought, well, oh, I'm writing about seniors, but it, it didn't feel right to them. I
3: know. <laughs> it suddenly occurred to me one time when I was with a group of friends and I looked at them and I thought, damn, my friends are all getting old. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I know. I was talking with my daughter and I said, you know, for older people, we have to do this and this. And I thought I put myself on the wee side <laughs> of the older people. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, when it comes to programs... This is where the politics comes in. When money mm-hmm. is decided for different sectors, there's so much that's mm-hmm. for youth or for infants, and so they have to put a label on where they put the money that's supposed to be there for for us.
1: Well, I have a story to tell you. It'll take a couple minutes, but uh, uh, about 40 years ago, I was uh, living in Edmonton um, and the woman that I was living with, I came home one day and the woman I was living with said, I'm going to change my name. And I said, what a hell of a good idea. (laughs) And uh, our next door neighbor, oh. What a, a wonderful man he was, as, as gay as you can possibly get. And I really liked him because um, he was the manager of uh, of a clothing store, <laughs> and uh, I got some very good bargains on some very nice clothes. So um, Oh, there we go. He had changed his name, and he had said to... Uh, to my ex uh that she should change her name and i changed my name first and last and my brother said what you must be out of your mind there's chris hi chris hi neil hi hi, hi. everybody
4: hi hi gail hi. Hi. Chris.
2: nice to see you well, i'm here
0: neil is telling us a story <laughs> okay
1: Okay, Okay, hi,
2: Chris. Nice to see
1: you. Get Chris to catch up to up to speed. Chris, forty years ago, I changed my name. First name, last name, changed everything totally, totally, from a a nice British name to uh, a a more French sounding name. But it doesn't matter. I used the Cavallarian methodology and uh, (laughs) and. Immediately, what happened is I moved from Edmonton to Vancouver. I legally was allowed to use my new name on May, and by the end of June, I was living in Vancouver. But other than that, people have asked me, how are you different? Well, I wouldn't know, because I... I, I, aggressively went and changed my name, got a new business card. And at the time I was doing business with the federal government and his name was Jean Chrétien, but he was not he was not the Prime Minister. He was the nephew of the Prime Minister. And I was doing some consulting work for, for industry, trade and commerce, which, which was Jean Chrétien's department. Anyway. I have no idea what would have happened or didn't happen because I I did. Um, But it was a nice transition because I moved to Vancouver and I was a different person. I had a new name. But my family, my brother using swear words, uh, asked if I was out of my mind. And uh, I said, you know, if you don't live life, if you don't attack it, it, it can get boring. So part of my adventure was that i i used the cavalarian to supposedly bring me lots of luck lots of luck but i don't think so i don't think that using the cavalarian had a great impact on on my life but uh, but who knows i've had an adventure so this month i'm 81 years old I'm I'm blessed with good health but mind you on the other hand I work hard at it I do I'm constantly studying new methods of 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 living life and and uh, I, in fact I'm just starting a new adventure of uh, I'm joining a group of eight people that are using energy of love to heal people's um, dis-ease, and uh, I feel very blessed because it it's helping me heal my dis-ease. So, and I've just come through a knothole. January was a bitch to me. <laughs> it really, really was. Mm. Uh, but the doors were repaired. <laughs> <laughs> I fell in the middle of the night and went Ooh. through and went through the glass door. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, it's a 15 panes, 15 panes of of glass door and uh I broke, I broke five of them. But fortunately. I just wound up with this tiniest little scat- s- scratch on my shoulder, but the door.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah, you were fortunate, right? Yeah. Whoa,
2: glass can be replaced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bodies
1: can't. <laughs> Uh, well it can be it couldn't be sutured but it didn't happen yeah. <laughs> the door's back up and running and it's it's even better than before now I have one last problem with it and that is, is that the original paint job was in 1997 when this door was installed okay and so it's oxidized a little. The the, the I, I only broke half of it, so the other half is oxidized. So now I got to paint the other half. Oh. <laughs> small, small paint That's
3: a minor problem. Yeah.
0: Yes. Well, so speaking of names, uh, Chris, we were talking about what's in a name and whether it makes a difference to you what you are called, but Neil has come up with, you know, an indefinable what would we call a person with all of the attributes he's described? Well, certainly so, uh, not make for dinner, <laughs> but, <laughs> no. but he, I mean, you're a travel writer, and I'm just thinking we could do a whole travel log around the different things that in his very active life, he's been off to Banff, walked, found himself in a rock slide. I don't know how people find a rock slide, but then he was in a mud slide because he followed a path that didn't, you know, that said clearly, <laughs> don't follow this path. He followed the path, ran into a, a, a mud wall, had to climb up the mud wall to get back up to the street level, and then... Uh, he had. He was dancing around in the night and managed to fall through a door. I mean, a window, break the door. So, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't really. I don't know what kind of name you would 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 take. What name would you take on for yourself? How would you describe
1: such a person? Uh, you're talking to Chris or to me? I I don't know who you're talking to. Oh, Chris, what would you what would you call such a person? um insane
4: i, <laughs> I was gonna say bit. i was gonna say irrepressible yeah,
0: that's ah,
1: a good one oh. word. i like that <laughs> i like that i absolutely love that
0: the irrepressible neil ryan and- that's right
3: the irrepressible oh. neil ryan The thing about name change is when you travel, you know, you go to different countries and then people can't pronounce your name. So they call you other things, right? (laughs) Right. So I've been Resuri-san and my husband in Mexico has been called Miguel. So, you know, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: you just get different labels, but you're, I think you're, you know, you're the same person
0: inside, right? I have someone that calls me Carlotta Carlotta. She says it twice. So I mean, I, Absolutely know who it is when I hear Carlotta, Carlotta, uh, and then some people will say, "Do you want Pharrell or Farrell?" Nothing, well, you know. It depends on the day. It sounds kind of nice when you say Pharrell. <laughs> <And> then
3: <laughs> yeah. I like Yeah, that gives it that French flair. You know, it's like the Bouquet yes. Sisters. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm, up sitting the,
1: I'm sitting in the airport in uh, in Paris for uh, for a, 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 a standby flight. I had to go to Munich, and I'm uh, sitting in the in the the uh, standby lounge. And the guy comes to the to the uh, the guy in some kind of a uniform comes to and he says, "Monsieur Rion, Monsieur Rion." And I'm sitting there, sitting there, not doing anything. And all of a sudden, it occurs to me, that's me. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute.
3: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I had the same experience in Japan. We were meeting, actually, he was an old student of mine. And uh, he'd gone back to Japan. And we were meeting him at the train station. And we're standing in the assigned spot waiting. And this little lady comes running up to me. Uh, that I had not seen before. It turned out it was his secretary, but she runs up to me and she bows and she says, Habatosan. And I'm thinking, what is she saying? And then it occurred
2: to me it was my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been called Awadu, Hardwood, Gaily jail <laughs> in various parts of africa
1: <laughs> oh i like the name jail
2: yeah yeah that, that that's <laughs> see um in arabic uh they don't have a g sound as j". Mm.
1: yeah
2: it was interesting when i was hunting around for a place um i was speaking to this very nice guy um and his name was asad and um and so he asked me for my name and he was spelling me on ah I said
0: it's Gail <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Some Gail Someplace we might with our advocacy end up going at some point in life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Chris, Chris, how are you how are you keeping uh, uh slowly recovering?
4: Well I guess we we're in we're in lockdown, so mm. It's, uh, we've had two cases of COVID here, so oh. we're kind of, um, things are not moving very quickly. Um, but, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. And I'm, I'm, you know, I've got all my exercise equipment, weights and boards and all bolsters all in my room. So I have to do all my own exercises on mm-hmm. my own. But, you know, that's kind of the way it is at the moment. Yeah, it's Um, hard to keep motivated, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is. It is. But if I don't do them, it makes the days extremely long. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Far too
1: long. So (laughs) I do them. Well, you're looking looking well. That's, That's number one. You are. You're looking very well.
4: Yes, I, yes, I do look okay, but you're only looking at the up, the top half of me. <laughs>
1: That's all. I don't want to look at it. You
4: don't want to look at the bottom piece. <laughs> There's not much of it there. The other, the other good thing is I have lost weight, mm-hmm. half a half a leg's worth. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have to look at
4: this from a positive point of view, right?
0: You have such a positive outlook, you know. Do, do you do you write affirmations or do you write any things that?
4: No, no, I don't. I don't. What I, what I, because because I've lived in other other countries and because I, because I read so many emails from folks who are stuck and who want to come to Canada. Uh, and i I I see I hear how terrible their lives are. It's like, you know, I have a roof over my head, I have a bed, I have good health care. I'm not gonna pay for it. What have I got to complain about? really? Mm-hmm. You know, so what I try to do is just to put it in in perspective. yeah, that's the best that's the best I can do with it. And mm-hmm. hopefully, so far, it's working. I mean, I have my moments, right? Like a couple of days ago I was quite depressed because it was all gray and raining and we weren't getting anywhere with this process. And so, you know, I have my, I have my moments, but I do try to put it in, 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 in a, in a larger perspective in terms of who I know. And I mean, the the numbers of people that I, that I hear their, hear their stories. So that's, that's how I do it. Right. That's my (laughs) affirmation.
0: Well, you do it well because I mean, (laughs) like you said, the gray days. I have to pick myself up from saying it's gray outside. There's no (laughs) sun.
2: That's Vancouver. Get used to it. Yeah,
3: you appreciate the sun so much more when it does shine. Oh yeah,
2: oh yeah. There's what's that yellow thing in the sky?
3: (laughs) Oh yes,
4: yesterday was absolutely beautiful. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah
1: That's totally yeah.
4: gorgeous, totally yeah, so just to, uh, at the moment, for me, it's like uh when it's like that, make the most of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so name changing, what's in the name, what's in a name?
3: Yeah, I know we've gone through something like this with my son who has all kinds of mental health challenges. And um, every time he goes through a crisis, he decides if he changes his name, maybe it'll help him become a different person. Mm. And it's, it's very difficult for us because we still think of him by the name that we gave him when he was a baby. And I said to him, you know, you'll always be the same person to us, which probably hasn't helped him. But that's just the way that my husband and I see it you know
1: i i never asked my family to call me by my new name I, mm-hmm. uh, my brother in, in his latter years uh, eventually came around to it but uh, but uh, his children and it was just for family members no mm-hmm. nobody uh, and i and i didn't care i don't care mm-hmm. you know I, to my mother, I, w- I, I, I will always have been, uh, always will be Bobby, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I don't like the. That's one of the reasons why I changed my name. <laughs> but uh, I'm not a child, and and uh, and yet, and yet that was a name I, w- I, w- I was known by. So. Yeah, it's kind of
4: hard to escape those child childhood nicknames right
0: mm-hmm.
4: when you when you when you're given them yes they carry on with you no matter how old you get to be yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i've i've had a couple of name changes i changed my name from what my name is now to something else and then i changed back again yeah. so so i'm now basically who i was at the beginning um because my i was baptized christine because i was born two days after christmas and i have my parents my my dad's last name and um but in in the middle um you may know this already in the middle i entered the convent and Mm -hmm. so at some point in 1962 i changed my name to a religious name and Mm -hmm. i was sister mary so-and-so and then and uh, then years later when changes were coming in the church in the 1970s i changed back to my own my ba- my baptism name yeah and that's who i've continued to be mm-hmm. i don't know that i ever wasn't that but it is it is interesting because um for be- being having having that religious name provided a certain amount of I'm going to say prestige, recognition. Um, When I changed my name back, one of my aunts said to me, oh, when we stopped wearing habits... One of my aunts said to me, "I don't like it when you don't wear when you when you don't wear the when the sisters don't wear habits." And I said, "Why not?" She said, "Because when I'm out in public, I know that I can go up to them and ask them where the closest bathroom is." I thought, "Well, that's very
0: (laughs) wow about the (laughs) things."
4: I know. I I didn't know quite how to take that. (laughs) Obviously, it was more obviously it was more about her than it was about me. (laughs) <laughs> she would be too too embarrassed to ask anybody else where the closest bathroom was and why she'd be okay asking a woman in a in a long habit where the bathroom was, I have no clue. But that was her that was her that was her argument anyway. I said, well, that's nice. <laughs> I'm not going back into a habit just so you can know who to ask.
1: <laughs> the that's, that, that is, that's that is so funny because if you look at it, the, you're the bathroom uh, a, a director, <laughs> <laughs> as though you're supposed to know where the nearest bathroom is. Well, I, I
3: guess nuns are supposed to know everything, right? <laughs>
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it wasn't so much me because she lived in Victoria and I didn't. But if she would see someone on the street, then she would know that she could, that she would feel comfortable going Mm -hmm. up to them and asking them where the nearest bathroom was. (laughs) All right.
3: Yeah, I was always scared of nuns when I was a kid. I actually went to a church school in England and the teachers were all nuns and I thought they were the most scary people I'd ever seen in my life.
2: Oh Oh, dear.
4: (laughs) 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 <laughs> what, what, why, were, why were they scary?
3: Um, well, I think the thing that sticks in my mind was um, we sat down in a group. I remember I think I was about five sitting around on a floor in a circle. And the nun was telling us the story of Lazarus. And oh, dear. she said, well, uh, oh, what, what did Jesus oh, do to boy. Lazarus? And, you know, she said he raised him from the dead. And then she looked at us all and we're like five years old. And she said, and then what happened to Lazarus? Well, we don't know, sister. Well, he died, you know. We, we all die <laughs> one of these days, and you're going to die oh, one day. No. Oh, she's a kindergarten teacher.
2: Well, oh, oh,
3: dear,
4: how brutal. I, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, raise him um, from
4: the Raise him from the dead just to let him have the opportunity of dying
0: all over that's again. That's right, that's right. <laughs> that had to be mind-boggling for a five-year-old. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, not really great, right, well, when, right. When I was a kid... um. I didn't know much about nuns uh because we were totally an apostate Catholic family with <laughs> the family history but um I remember um my grandmother told me um you know uh when she was a kid and, and she went to the Catholic school of course um and uh as soon as uh, she uh her mother found out that the nuns were beating my grandmother on her uh, left hand because she was right re- she was uh, le- left handed mm-hmm. um my my great grandfather just pulled her out of school and said i left ukraine because of this this is just not going to happen here and so she um had to change her name to an english name and ended up in in a public school mm-hmm. but what's interesting about names is i toyed with the fact uh uh, I, I'm not no fan of English colonialism, and uh, I didn't, didn't know that much about England when I grew up, even though my last name is English. And uh, one of my friends uh, said, well, why don't you change your name to Kozak? I said, well, that that's an interesting um, proposition. And I thought, hmm, well, let's think about my grandmother's story. Uh, somewhere around 1928, Wasylanka Kozakshanko, my grandmother, fell in love with Albert Harwood and so they got married around 1929, and um, so his family proceeded to dis- disown him, because apparently in those days, and this is what somebody told me, an older person at the time, she said, you know, Gail, back in the 20s, uh, marrying a, a Ukrainian Catholic was like um, marrying a, a black woman in the South, a white man marrying a black woman in the South, and I went, holy crow was it bad. that bad she said it was that bad and went good lord and so i thought about my grandfather um just a young man uh you know uh fall, you know in love with this woman and they're gonna have a baby and 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 moving in with my grandmother's people Yeah, oh, cool you know, so oh, people some people will die. Um, so love conquers also. that's why my last no, name is Harwood. So I can tell the story.
1: Cannot... well, in the Slavic uh, tradition, because my first wife was Ukrainian, uh, in that in that tradition, uh, I, I, yeah, the 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 non-Ukrainians are persona non grata. The, the, that 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 that. That I was ostracized because I'm English. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Not surprising. But it's interesting mentioning those examples because ostracism, but you know, in the example of so many states that it was illegal for a black and a white person to marry, it was well, you could true. actually go to jail. People yep. could could not just be ostracized, but be locked mm-hmm. up. So. Uh, those some taints of those things have carried over, you know, even into contemporary America, because people have got family members, grandparents, other parents that they remember what they went through through having a mixed marriage. Mm -hmm.
2: And there's a, 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 you know, I watch uh, Finding Your Own Roots with uh, Henry Gates and um, there have been in, 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 um, you know just among in society in the us and canada there've been a lot of secret marriages and and um different and and, and uh, secret families and interracial mm-hmm. and, and even here it was tough especially nova scotia was just dreadful dreadful uh, segregation um we it's interesting um i'm thinking of growing up in Ontario and the, the days of segregation had gone um, in the 1960s when I went to high school um, but I wonder uh, maybe Neil uh, you remember or Chris you remember um, growing up in Canada was there a racial segregation a lot with um, uh, between whites and everybody else or I know particularly against native people that's for sure
1: we had a black girl in our school and uh she was adopted from a doctor and um and so she was uh she was not ostracized but uh, you know I don't think she ever got a date for, uh if I really really think about about I, I remember her and I remember you know, I have this sympathetic heart, and I was thinking, you know, that's got to be hard on her. I remember, you know, I wasn't a, wasn't about to ask her to go out for, to a movie or anything. That just wasn't wasn't in my scope of things. But I do remember her, and I remember thinking, it, it, I mean, totally white school, totally. And here's this one black girl, and uh, as a teenager, I just I just remember her. I, I've I've thought of her a few times, and yeah, uh, you know, it's it's really really difficult to be outside the norm. Mm-hmm. Well, I can
0: say in coming to Canada in 1972, <laughs> mm. yeah, 72, I came. Yeah, month we we, wow. we moved there the month before my son was going to be born because we didn't want, given what craziness was going on in the United States then, we didn't want him to be born in uh, the U.S. But so I, we, we, it was remarkable to me that the number of places that I could go in Toronto where I was the only black person, I would think, don't these people have any black friends I mean, invited to things that the health department had or library, so many events that I was the only person. It was just always, it always made me wonder, how is it that people could have grown up in this country and not have a second or a third Black person that would be at this event, especially when they were things related to work or, you know, then worked in public health, but also did some things in some literary groups. And it's just interesting. Um, But going into this area, you know, one of the things that we were talking about, the uh, podcast group in February of last year, when we were able to meet at the 411 Center, we were talking about the profile, changing the profile of how um, seniors or whatever you call people of that age, older people, baby boomers, uh, and we had a room full of people and this list that I have, I don't know. My screen share paused. I don't know how I unpause it. Is it? Can you see it? Oh, we've still oh, got the uh,
3: the menu up at uh, the agenda menu. Okay, that's
0: all, that's all we see. Okay. About it. Well, these were names. These were some of the things that people said because one of the missions for the four one one and this collaboration of funding from the 411 Center in the city of Vancouver was to change the profile of how seniors are seen. And this is a list of things that people uh, suggested and we've discussed some of them, but we're still looking at as we do interviews or as we do other things, how can we uh, highlight this particular profile? So one of the words was leaders, that they're intergenerational, cross-cultural, that they honor elderhood. I think, Leslie, you mentioned elderhood. Mm -hmm. Um, Within some cultures, indigenous culture, within some Asian cultures, within a number of cultures, the elders are revered. It's not like elderly when they say elderly, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you've got a disease or something. Uh, Honored as an elder. Um, Mm -hmm. That we are individuals they were looking to find a way of redefining and ah, read up here we are something just happened yes. <laughs> well it went to chris's screen how did that happen hmm. that is <laughs> that was really interesting mm-hmm. bizarre I, I don't know how that how did that how did that do that it was on that list. Okay, honoring elderhood, uh, redefining senior, addressing ageism that, you know, as many of you have given mm. examples of, of um, the work that you've done within unions or other things, addressing ageism in the different ways that it appears, uh, that we're politically active people, not passive, decision makers, moving from you know, the number of a number of people when they talk about their senior programs, they want they simply want to get the voice of, but not necessarily have them at the table. So the, the change in profile people want is to be seen as story makers, I mean, as decision makers, storytellers, uh, recognizing that we paid the way or paved the way. Uh, we've had some people within our group that were involved in science and you know, plan to be more involved with showing that uh, we are merging science and technology practitioners. It's not above us or behind us, but we are actually techies. Uh, Experienced counselors, trailblazers and risk takers. I think that we have a couple of trailblazers and risk takers in our group today. (laughs) Uh, That we are a repository of memories and that we're informed activists available to protest, not that we used to protest, but that we are available to protest yes. now. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about any of those those roles? and how can we, if we are trying to change that as a profile, what kinds of ways, or what types of things would we need to do to do that?
2: Well, I, I really like...
0: Um, social
2: activism active citizenship um, because even though um, I can only walk a block i'm I'm out there people send me um, on what they're doing up on the mountain against uh, the uh, pipeline they're sending me stuff from all over the place and I, uh, I read the um, I read the material and uh, share it with the public and and so that's how I'm involved I sign petitions um, if I really get roused I phone and radio sto- uh, shows, I write the prime minister, I don't care. <laughs> what are you going to do to me? <laughs> I'll see what right. I want. Now, of course, I'm always professional and polite. But point is, yeah, it really matters. Citizenship really matters. And I vote. And I really like I finished uh, reading um, Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. And she said voting is essential. And unfortunately, people left of center, they're They're just lazy to vote. They don't think it's um, important. Well, guess what? When you go to sleep on election night, your vote means the difference between you have daycare or you don't have daycare. You have health insurance or you don't have health insurance. You have workers' compensation or you don't have. You have uh, the new library that's needed or no library. That's what it's down to. That's my screed. Yeah, I think if you use the label "senior
3: citizens" with the emphasis on the citizens rather than on the senior
2: part of it, that maybe gets it in a little more, right? More citizens. Yeah, yeah. And I never said senior. <laughs>
3: no, or elder citizens, or I don't know, uh, more experienced citizens. Yeah. No. But I think you know the stress should be on the citizenship aspect, not the age aspect.
0: But what about the people that are are landed residents i mean well they've done away with landed now permanent residents permanent uh, they have the same rights as citizens but do you think that if you put emphasis on citizens it kind of some way leaves out the people who haven't become a citizen yet yeah. well
2: mm-hmm. i think i think that it's uh, when i say the word citizen that is um uh in opposition to consumer, hmm. customer. We're not um, empty or, um, uh, you know, I, I'm by, therefore I am,
3: right? Yeah, uh, well, a, a
2: citizen is a member of the city or the community, right? Exactly, exactly. And that includes PRs and refugees. Everybody's a citizen. Hmm. Everybody can get on the street because yeah. people, can li- people who live here are citizens. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's interesting that you should say that because I feel like a citizen. I've been, you know, permanent resident for twenty. I'm going to take the citizen test. Test. I've been a forty years worth for, it. since seventy-two, I've <laughs> had I landed a permanent resident status. And I had to get my do another PR for moving to to um, British Columbia, but. And I was feeling like a citizen, and I was nominated. I mean, someone re- recommended that I uh, apply for a board position on another agency or entity, not 411, but another entity that I'm involved with. And then they came back, and they said, I'm so sorry. In the fine print, you have to be a citizen. It doesn't actually you know, include uh, people that have permanent residence. And I thought, well, that's not fair, because i have <laughs> I work and share and contribute my time. So in that, so there might be other places. Mm-hmm. But I thought if this could happen and be in the, in the yeah. writings so uh, the terms of oh, reference yeah. for one I, community, I, can, I, it could be in I, others.
4: Yeah, I also want to say that because I work with so many people who come here as refugees, for them, citizenship does mean becoming a citizen of this country, because where they've come from, they recognize they did not have the rights that they can experience here. And so for them, citizenship is really, really important. And it does make a difference for, for many people, whether they're a permanent resident or a citizen. I mean, I know, that, I know that with some of the folks that I work with, there's things that they will not do until they become citizens because mm-hmm. they feel that once they're a citizen, they have better protection than if they're a resident. So I, I don't want to, I, I understand we're all part of the politics No matter what our status is, we're all part of the politic. But but in terms of citizenship, I I I do think it's important to have a broader a broader understanding of what that means. Mm -hmm. That. Everybody who's everybody who lives here is a resident here can participate in society. We're all members of civil society here in Canada, regardless of what our what our legal status is. But, but certainly I know so many people that for whom citizenship is something that they long to become citizens. So just to just to keep that in, keep that in mind, right?
2: Look, I, I taught a lot of refugees and permanent residents in, in my time, uh, and, and um, you know, it was interesting, and uh, there was always about two or three times in the year uh, when I got out the good old citizenship test, and I said, okay, guys, uh, let, 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 let's do the citizenship test. This is in social studies, and um, and we did it all together, and... and uh, because the permanent residents and the refugees were studying their, their you know, and this is what they were doing, uh, um, the Canadians, uh, the, the Canadians who were born here uh, didn't do too well. They didn't know a lot of stuff That's because right. nobody told them. Nobody told them this is important. And, and, and the absolute ignorance, and, and even the people of university education, well, how does... Do I have to do this with Revenue Canada and that with Revenue Canada? I like, why aren't they teaching this in school? I used to teach it. Even in an English class, if it came up, I taught it. You know, I
0: just, what? Well, ah, someone many wonder. marked when they took civics. Is it civics that they've taken out of the curriculum? And yeah, so that, that's many insane.
2: people yeah. don't
0: know their basic rights as a citizen.
2: No, no, no. That's That's...
0: But I, you know, I think Chris is, is is right. There are people who have, you know, they've been refugees. They've worked in the, or still are working in the healthcare industry and doing a lot of things as frontline workers, but they don't have that entitlement to some things. And sometimes people will rub it in their face. Well, you're not a citizen or they'll just throw it up. Uh, so I think if we attach citizen to the word senior citizen, that there are some, uh, one of the issues among some uh immigrant families is that people who were sponsored on the condition of taking care of their grandchildren, now that mm. people are working from home, they don't mm. need that person anymore. So some people are, mm. you know, at risk of being deported or they're, they're going to agencies for help to maintain, to get their citizenship. So mm. yeah. that is, a, that would be a concern if we just use the term senior citizen, because yeah. some people would... No, I, I don't
2: like that term That'd Yeah. Point. yeah. yeah. Yeah, good point.
1: I'd like to think of myself as a citizen of the world. I uh, the, one of the problems with isolating oneself that I'm a Canadian. Well, excuse me. Only by the uh, by the machinations of others are you any different than Anybody that lives anywhere else in the world, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I uh, nationalism is segregation. It separates you from me. And the truth is, we are all one. We are whether we like it or not. We are all one person. You know, and, and I, I think of that, but at the same time, like with COVID.
0: Uh, <laughs> When they were bringing people back home, Canadian citizens—if you if you were a Canadian citizen—the government would spend money. They gave people time to be able to be brought back to the country. Uh, if a war breaks out somewhere, somewhere, uh, you know, I'll probably be fishing around for my U.S. passports. I can go to the embassy because there are some differences in rights people have uh, based on where they're a citizen we are all one but we are not oh, uh, these right. governments that we belong to make a difference and when they when you need to be rescued from weather war or whatever mm-hmm. there is a priority given to people who are the citizens of a particular place mm-hmm.
3: yeah you always have the right of repatriation if you're overseas yeah. right and war breaks
2: out mm-hmm. well that, that's uh, uh Uh, passport privilege, and um, Peace Brigades International has been um, um, working with this passport privilege and going to support uh, human rights work in um, many, many places in the world, because, um, you know, when you have a person with a Canadian or a U.S. or a a U.K. passport, um, you're going to be less likely than to kill the people they're with, and uh, it has worked. Um, and people have been kept safe uh, but terrible i I know um friends of mine they accompanied uh a union leader's uh six year old daughter to school every day uh, every day because they, uh, of course the thugs uh were threat uh, the uh, militias uh, uh, government backed of course uh, were threatening uh their family simply for doing what uh the um uh, president of the BCTF, my union would would say or do, in Canada, you know, no, no, rights are not, rights are not guaranteed everywhere. That's for sure.
0: Now, going back to these profiles and changing the profiles <laughs> that people have for older people, um, that's one of the goals for. The um, the interviews that as people interview people and the things that you bring out about people it changes this this profile. So Leslie uh, Leslie Neil and and Chris each had a, 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 a an interview that they shared last week. Chris's is longer, so we're working on a way of making it into segments. Leslie's cut off, so we're going to look at that and then just for people who may be listening to our podcast will say that we are working to build canada's largest reservoir of interviews about people that are interesting or notable that may not have been first place news but just because they do have these different things that they've done with their lives so we are encouraging you to do interviews from uh two minutes to eight minutes if you do a half an hour one we have mentors uh within our, our production team uh robin as a radio maker <laughs> is working with people uh jesse and Joel are working with um, things to make longer interviews more engaging and you're going to be getting a doodle we're sending a doodle and doodle is not like that little squiggly thing it's a it's a a platform for questionnaires and so we'll send you one that has some dates because we want to find out dates that are good dates that uh, if there was going to be an individual course or a tutorial or a webinar, uh, we're trying to find out what are some good days or best days for people. So you'll be getting that in the email. But right now we're going to take a look at Leslie's interview.
3: Okay, so you want me to share the screen now, right? Yes. Okay, so you can find it. Okay, this is an interview I did with um, a fellow member of the New Westminster Council of Women. Uh, who's also um, a dialogue facilitator and advocate. Her name is Angela Seeley. Like to introduce my friend Angela Seeley, who I know through the New Westminster Council of Women, and okay, we're yeah. going to be spending about five minutes with Angela today.
5: So Angela, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, um thank you for asking me. My name is Angela Seely, as you mentioned, and I live in New Westminster and. I've been a new member of the council, so I'm looking forward to um, enjoying myself and learning an awful lot from what the council offers. Okay, and uh, what is your background, Angela? (laughs) Very eclectic. (laughs) I have a degree, in my undergrad degree is in psychology and I've worked with that psychology degree for many years. And I about four or five years ago, I got my master's in education, and I've taught at Douglas College. My expertise is actually managing conflict through through communication, Mm -hmm. and um, of course, uh, very much into into the housing and and, um, accessibility to housing, etc to do that. And as I mentioned earlier, I just joined, became a member of the Public, pardon, public Policy Institute, uh, which will teach us how to go about um, getting policies noticed, really, and get through. Yeah.
3: So you have such a varied background. How did you actually get involved in advocacy? What made you interested in, in getting into this
5: area? Well, it's interesting. Um, Funny, I I sort of when I was growing up, which is a long time ago, it seems now, um, I remember thinking my parents never allowed anyone to go hungry. I think that's the first thing I remember. Mm -hmm. But um, when I came to Canada, I saw something that I'd never heard of before. I heard of something called homeless people. And I thought, well, this must be something better here that we can do. So over the years, I've done pockets of things through housing in terms of either helping people to find housing or to write articles or to do um, research around housing. I've also done quite a bit of work um, with ladies in the sex trade industry because, again, um, I come from a place that has... a, um, a. red light district and I noticed that these yeah. ladies here were getting beaten half to death yeah. And yeah. various other abuses and I thought again there must be a better way to do it so things that so to answer your question very succinctly things that really um great on my conscience or something I always feel the need to do something and that usually comes either through teaching or research or some way of dialogue, of getting involved and, and help to, to galvanize ourselves.
3: Yeah. And uh, so you talked about things being different back home.
5: So where are you from originally? I am originally from Barbados, mm-hmm. and I came to Canada in 1967 mm-hmm. and lived in Regina for four years before I got a job out here in Kelowna. And actually, my boss moved to Kelowna and um, wondered if I would like to be the supervisor of the department. So as so I got to be in Kelowna, um, I've lo- we lost him last Christmas. So... Mm-hmm that was thing but yeah it's um so yeah that's where i'm originally from and it must
3: have been quite a a shock to move from barbados to regina especially
5: when you do it in the middle of winter (laughs) oh my (laughs) i know yes it was march 4th to be precise um yes and i came to regina it it was but it was also very exciting Mm. it was exciting to see snow and experience something different something i'd already heard about And I thought this was really quite interesting. And I I recall my first time I woke up and it was so nice and sunny out. I thought, oh, I'll just put a light coat on and go out because I thought it'd be warm. Oh, Uh, he did not walk. (laughs) Did not last long. (laughs) I I was, uh, I felt there were mosquitoes grabbing at my ears or something. It was the cold, and I thought, like I was out the door and back in very quickly. wonderful my landlady when i said i was going out and she said are you going out like that and i said yeah she didn't say anything (laughs) she just thought okay let her you know in her mind let her experience it which was wonderful so it was great yeah that was good It was a good experience yeah Mm -hmm. okay so thank you angela and you have family um not in terms of husband and children Mm -hmm. no no i have a brother that lives still lives in regina Mm-hmm. and the rest of my relatives are scattered around the world so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and it was kind of interesting what you said
3: about uh your family didn't never wanted anybody to go hungry when you were a child yeah um so were
5: you a member of a large extended family uh no i mean my parents and my brother mm-hmm. and and uh myself and of course aunts and uncles and um we have godfathers and godparents mm-hmm. but in Barbados when I was growing up, it was very common to have your own property. Mm-hmm. And that's what we had. We had our own property and we my father grew food because we grow sugar cane, but we grew our own food and we basically grew what we ate. And mm-hmm. sometimes um, there is enough. He if he a year that he didn't grow canes, he would grow food and it was far too much. So he would sell some. But my my <laughs> My parents have a way of saying, okay, the person is buying, say, a pound of potatoes or whatever, because we grew potatoes. And then they would say, oh, uh, you know, she's just had a small baby throwing two extra potatoes and stuff like that. So it was never. But yeah, and that um, the holiday seasons like Easter and Christmas, there was always a, a basket prepared to take to somebody or the other. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. So it sounds as if you come from a wonderful, generous family.
5: I like to think so. Yeah, yeah I, I like to think so. Even my godparents were wonderful people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just lost my godfather this past weekend, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He would have been 96 in May. Wow. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, yeah. Oh, but,
3: so that's a sad occasion. Yeah.
5: It is. It is. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it, it
3: is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Thank you, Angela, for your time today.
5: My
3: pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. All
2: the best. Okay, you too. Very nice. Stop this. Stop. So, very nice. That was great. Wow. Very good interview.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Good for you. Oh, thank good you. For you.
2: Sorry, the
3: sound was bugging me because it was still playing. Okay, I'm back. All right. So now I can't hear I have to unmute other. myself.
0: <laughs> okay. There you go. Okay.
3: Yeah, so Angela was a really easy interview because I just asked her a few open-ended questions and she just took it from there. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. She's still in Kelowna? No,
3: she's in New Westminster now.
2: Ah, I see. Good. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. She's one of our council of women members. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So we had a meeting just before our um, our last part by age. We had the council of women meeting on Wednesday, and at the end of the meeting, I just said, "Would anybody like to be my interview um, my interviewee?" And Angela volunteered, so that's how that happened. Yeah. yeah. My guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You're still muted, uh, Charlotte. It's because there was a conversation going on behind me. (laughs) So I was just (laughs) muting myself. Um, Yes, so you can see the interview can be quite fun. And these characteristics, uh, it was several one of the things that came out within that interview, the individuality, decision maker.
5: Under uh, 5 to
2: 61 secret ballot vote, according to several people in the room the third-ranking GOP member under scrutiny... Is that
0: somebody's radio?
2: ...after voting to impeach
0: Trump a second...
3: Has somebody got their Facebook open or something?
2: ...not regret.
0: We really did have a... It might be this announcement. I think it's an announcement that Chris is hearing. Yeah, but
2: she's she's muted.
0: So I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so... um, It was interesting looking at uh, the video. One of the things that everyone who has Zoom on your phone or your computer, when it makes a file, it makes a Zoom file in your computer or in the phone, it makes a, a, a file. And it has got audio files as well as video files. The video files are good when you're sharing them here within the meeting, but also we're going to be doing some things that can be posted to YouTube but you have to ask the person's permission. Mm-hmm. So if you think that you would like to have it as a video that shows you and shows the person, we just have to get a written permission from them to use aside from the audio. If you want to use the video, mm-hmm. it's not required. I'm just saying that's something that's available to us mm-hmm. because PBA already has a YouTube channel and the YouTube, the, the, the words will come up. You know how you see the, what do they call that? Um <laughs> Signage, captions, the the words come up in, 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 in captions, but we c- can air the video part of anyone's interview if that's something that you would like and that the person that you're interviewing you know, would feel comfortable with. But you're not required to do that. Just putting it out there. Um, And so each of you, too, can continue on because you have interesting labs. You know interesting people. The stories are great. Some of the stories uh, might lead into things. Some of the interviews are things that might lead into a story because as we go into PBA Leslie says 3.0, but it's sounding more like 5.0. We're going to be, there's a kind of station that's got cameras and stuff in it. And we're looking Mm. at maybe having a couple of those where you have cameras at different angles. So some of the things people wanted to do, like the chef, where you just put the station in front of them and you can see people cooking something or somebody demonstrating something. So, um, and then, you know, you you are each... um, storytellers so we might look at a time where we just do a video of a story and that's something that would be posted so aside from audio video we will have stories so just use your imagination you could practice with each other leslie said oh I'm, i mean uh neil said oh i might interview leslie well you know chris might want to interview kale of uh, gail or vice versa because each of you are Uh, interesting, notable people, and it just is good with the practice, the more you interview someone, the more comfortable you are. When I first started interviewing people for the the radio station, I was terrified, but then the more I did it, the more enjoyable it became, so that's something that you and people who are listening to us can look forward to to doing. I had, I'm going to put up my screen just a little bit to show something that's on our power by Age is a notice about the income tax clinic. March 1st oh. through April 29th of 2021, the 411 Center will be doing people's income tax. But unlike previous years where you could come and sit in front of the person, uh, you have to drop off your documents. Uh, The people that this applies to are, are if you're a low-income person, age 55 plus, or on disability benefits, is your household income less than $35,000 for an individual or $45,000 for a couple, then don't miss the deadline and you can um, book an appointment to drop off your documents. And people would call the 411 Senior Center Society at excuse me, you call the society at 604-684-8179. And if you were going to be doing it by uh, computer, you would do contact, C-O-N-T-A-C, 411, at 411seniors.bc.ca. So you can begin now calling to make an appointment for your time to drop off your papers. And we will be having... Um, we will be having during this month uh, an expert, one of the experts come on and we'll be sharing some of the things that you need to have on hand because sometimes people will think, oh, I didn't have this, but it was applicable. So we've asked one of the, the expert volunteers to come on. I think it's going to be the third uh, week of this month, they'll come on and tell you exactly what kinds of papers you need to bring and drop off when you're going to get your free uh, tax, you know, revenue forms completed. So do any of you have any questions about that?
3: Is this for anybody in the law mainland or is it strictly for people in the 411? It's oh, no, beyond
0: members. It's just if you if you meet those, um, you know, income criteria. OK, yes. Okay. well, I have enjoyed our conversation and time today. I still don't know what to tell an agency. People want to be called except those magnificent, fabulous, elderly other people. <laughs>
3: I think I think the point is that we really don't
0: care. <laughs> Well, some people do care, and that's what they've said. Some people have really gotten irritable, but, you know, we have and are going to have people from uh, two different accessibility committees. There's Mm -hmm. one accessibility group looking strictly at transportation, and they've asked to, uh, you know, present or get some feedback from us around what's more important, the health indicator side or the type of vehicle. Uh, We Mm. have uh, a, a someone two people that are on a task force to develop a strategy for the city of Vancouver Mm -hmm. about accessibility and their definition is even broader so but you know they they have noticed in some places where both in both cases where people have asked about older people and seniors people have said we don't want to be called that so uh, it's just a term
4: the, the, the word that I always use is just older adult. I <laughs> mean, mm-hmm. still an adult for crying out loud. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm older than some people. Other people are older than me, but it just kind of for the older adult thing puts us a little bit in, in context in the sense that I'm not, I'm not a young adult. I'm not a middle-aged adult. I'm an older adult. <laughs> well, and I'm like sticking this. to it.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's yeah, That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> That's my story, and
4: I'm sticking to it.
1: Okay. I like fearless leader. I like that as a... <laughs>
2: fearless leader.
1: Yeah,
5: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much. I'll see you again next week. And remember to tell a friend to okay. drop in.
1: Well, always good okay. to- Always good to see happy faces. So. Yes, it is. Bye. <laughs>
2: bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye now.
1: Bye for now.
3: Be here. Bye. Bye.